Cristiano Ronaldo's on the bench. What are we going to do? Portugal, they're still a little too reactive under Fernando Santos. What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do, Portugal. We're going to win massively. 6-1 against Switzerland. Incredible stuff. Ramos becomes the youngest hat-trick scorer, by the way, at the World Cup since Pele. Unbelievable stuff for Portugal. Welcome, Luis Miguel Echegaray, LME, ESPN FC Daily. And we have some great guests today. Our very own Alex Kirkland and Gabby Amado as well, who will be talking a lot about this match and, of course, the quarterfinals. Welcome, everybody. Alex, let's begin with you. My goodness, what a victory for Portugal. I think it's time to say that maybe we've all been sleeping on Portugal just a little bit. Maybe we've been underestimating this Portugal team and what they can do in this tournament. I think sometimes maybe all the focus, all the fuss that's on Cristiano Ronaldo and understandably so has maybe obscured the fact that you look at this Portugal team, even without Cristiano, and it's packed full of talent. There's not really a weak link, I don't think, throughout this team or, or throughout this squad. Maybe some people thought the weak link might be the coach, Fernando Santos. Some people thought that his overly conservative approach in the past has maybe held the team back. But look at the evidence tonight. It looks like the, the handbrake is, is off. And this is one of the performances of the World Cup so far, no question, especially coming against what I think is a really quite solid team like Switzerland. You know, this isn't like Spain um, beating Costa Rica 7-0 in, the first, in their first group game, with all due respect to, to Costa Rica. Switzerland are a, a, a proper team. And so doing this, dismantling them in the way that Portugal did tonight, I think it sends out a message. And like I say, it's time to stop underestimating Portugal because it's opened up the draw a little bit for them now with, with Spain being eliminated. And, and who, who knows, they could go a very long way in this competition. Yeah, I definitely have egg on my face because I had Portugal staying in the group, not getting out. But I think, Gabby, it was justifiable because I believe that w when you're about to come in and talk to us here, Portuguese fans, by the way, Gabby, Portuguese, Portuguese fans really have not been happy with Fernando Santos and the reactive sort of strategy. But my goodness, today, incredible. So fluid, so great. Give me your, your reaction to this victory. Yeah, you're spot on, Luis. I mean, this has been a situation for Portuguese fans and, and a day, I think, that a lot of people didn't think would ever really happen, where we leave a match emphatically content with the way that we played. Uh, this has been a Fernando Santos a manager who we, uh, many Portuguese people, perceived was not exactly getting the best out of his players. I do still think uh, that there are some key players that he can still get the best out of, but today was a day that we saw him make very bold decisions from the get-go. Uh, you saw him bench Cristiano Ronaldo, which he, at the beginning of this match, said was a tactical decision, so does not have anything to do uh, with their spat after the uh, South Korea substitution, but he decides to start Gonzalo Ramos. He decides to bench Bench, João Cancelo uh, starts Dalot and Guerreiro on the flanks at left and right back. And I think that these were two very key decisions uh, that allowed us to see a more fluid uh, a Portugal team with more pace. Uh, and ultimately, uh, it was a touchdown without the extra point today against Switzerland. <laughs> Alex, any, any additional thoughts on the Portuguese side before we move on? Just some stats for everybody, by the way. Pepe is the oldest uh, player to score a World Cup fever going the knockout stages. I know that you have a lot to say uh, for Pepe. Here's the image, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, the national anthem, everybody's celebrating, getting ready. And all the cameras are, of course, on Cristiano Ronaldo. And by the way, since the 2006 World Cup, Cristiano Ronaldo has never appeared as a sub for Portugal in a match, but it happened today. And I think 
Alex, just to finally show they looked way more fluid up front. It's it's Cristiano who? Is that what we're saying? He's, he, he's oh, finished. God, that hurts right. my skull. Alex, no, we're kidding, about I'm to kidding. get the super fan screaming at I'm us joking. and Gabby Amato's family screaming. If there's, if there's one terrible. thing we've learned over the years, I think, we don't write Cristiano Ronaldo off. Never write Cristiano off. And I have no doubt at all that he will have a part to play. If Portugal are going to go all the way in this tournament, Cristiano Ronaldo will have a part to play without question. But if that part is coming off the bench late in games, I mean, what a player to have as a kind of impact super sub. I think that says that would be a, a fantastic situation in many ways for Portugal. Now, of course, he's not going to be happy with that role. But if they can maintain squads harmony with such a, a big character on, on the bench, who knows, he might come back into the team in the very next game. If indeed the decision was, it's hard to believe, it's hard to swallow that uh, it was a tactical decision given what we what we saw when he was taken off in the in the previous game, but but maybe it was, and but maybe he'll change and he'll come back in. But like I say, I, I think he'll have a have a part to play. But Portugal are about so much more than Cristiano Ronaldo, and that's what for me tonight's game is is all about. And like I say, you look right through the team; they've got, I think, one of the best goalkeepers in the in the competition. They've got a very strong defence. Which I mean, the, the fullbacks are so good that, as Gabby mentioned, a player of the the quality of João Cancelo is one of the best players in the Premier League can be left out and you don't really notice at all they've got strength in midfield. Bernardo Silva is, is sensational. And then seemingly they've got depth in attack as well. I mean, I've got to be honest, I don't know about, about you, but I knew next to nothing about Gonzalo Ramos ahead of this game. This is his first start for, for Portugal's senior side. He'd made a, a couple of sub-appearances in this tournament coming on the, off the bench late on for Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, talk about, this is, to me, is, is instantly kind of an, an iconic, it's not a debut, but a debut in terms of starting the game for the first time, scoring a, a hat trick like that. I mean, that first goal was a goal that gets you out of your out of your seat. He looks like a, a, a special talent, and like I say, there, there's just so many positives. I, I think you look around this, this Portugal team, and I, even a, a theoretical negative like kind of a fallout and, and a row involving your biggest star player in Cristiano Ronaldo. Right now, that looks almost like something of a of a positive, which is incredible, really. Yeah, Gonzalo Ramos, by the way, the fourth Portuguese man to score a hat-trick at a World Cup uh, since Eusebio in 1966 and Pauleta in 2002 and, of course, Ronaldo in 2018 as well. Gabby, uh, as a Portuguese fan, give me your thoughts on a tough question. Maybe, maybe not. What do you do? Just like in The Sound of Music, what do you do with a problem like Maria? What do you do with a problem like Ronaldo? Do you start him in the match against Morocco or do you take the exhibit a of what you just saw today and have ramos you know who uh just like alex said is electrifying and then you have the likes of bernardo silva and bruno fernandez i mean this is such a squad what do you do with a problem stacked. like ronaldo? stacked baby i don't see ronaldo as a problem uh, and i think that's perhaps a, a, a misconception you know uh, alex just spoke about the harmony on this squad and i think that's one of the greatest things and attributes that portugal and this team has going towards it i don't think that there's any kind of friction in this dressing room there wasn't heading into this tournament they tried to make uh you know a, a big to do out of um Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo exchanging those words in the dressing room. There was nothing there. There continues to be nothing there. Cristiano Ronaldo celebrated every single one of these goals on the touch that line. When Cristiano Ronaldo came in, Pepe took off his captain armband and gave it to Cristiano Ronaldo. There is no friction. I think the one thing that Cristiano Ronaldo has to do, obviously, is accept perhaps that he is now going to be coming off the bench. And that 
I think answers your question, Alami. I would continue um, with this starting 11. Uh, this was a statement performance by Portugal. I think it was um, much like Alex said, I think a lot of people only saw Portugal as Cristiano Ronaldo plus 10, which Portuguese fans for a long time have known is not the case. I mean, true lo lovers and followers of football know that this Portuguese team is full of talent, very young talent. Gonzalo Ramos smashes onto the stage. This is not a new player to Portuguese fans. We saw João Felix mention Gonzalo a couple of months ago in an interview. He is the top scorer in the Portuguese league. Uh, he has been shining for Benfica for quite some time. He has been rising through the Portuguese youth ranks. He's only in this squad because Diogo Jota got injured. The depth of this Portuguese national team uh, is just astounding. And I think finally, Finally, that is a statement that's being made uh, on the world stage. It's worth noting also that Fernando Sanchez hasn't even had consistency in his back line. Each and every one of the last four matches has been four uh, different pairings along that back line. And so there's still pieces to be tinkered with. Uh, but once again, this was a statement performance and Portugal are here to play. Yeah, I, that's such a good point. He, he's only in here, Ramos, because of Diogo Jota's uh, absence. That's unbelievable. And by the way, Southampton... Uh, what were keen on him before the World Cup. I think Southampton, you can say goodbye because there might be some other bigger clubs that might be interested. All right. United um, were as well. Yeah, it, United wanted him. Benfica had put a 40 mil price tag. I think that that's just gonna went go up. up I, I think, think. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's going to go up, I think. All right. Listen, uh, it, it's, it's, it's come to the point of the show where my producers like to point to the very fact that they think that I have this huge vendetta against Cristiano Ronaldo. And apparently Ronaldo has been tweeting at me again. <laughs> On to the quarters! Silencing LME once again. See you in LME we don't trust. Wow, look at those quote tweets, by the way, Alex. 100 million. That's ridiculous. What's the next one? Let's those are great numbers. One. It's ridiculous, right? <laughs> I may not have started, but we're through. Emoji, wink face, over to you, LME, signed the GOAT. Is there a third one, producers? I believe that we have one more, I think. No, that's it. Oh, thank God. He wanted another one. Producers, <laughs> he wanted another one. Next time, hit him with three. Listen, I want to just make something very clear. It is not a personal thing against Ronaldo. I just think that his strength is now because he's dealing with the mortal realization of age, his strength is also his weakness. Ronaldo is focused on one thing which is what's made him a champion, Gabby, Ronaldo. So now that he's getting older, just like you said, he has to accept the fact that he, at this point, he's the best 20-minute-to-go kind of player. He's an absolute star, but look how fluid they were today, Gabby. That, that's my point. So do you think that, you know, we, we've talked about the strategy, but do you think Santos will stick with this lineup for, for, for the next game against Morocco? I think Fernando Sanchez is going to take it match by match. Uh, you know, whatever tactical approach that he decides to uh, take on Morocco with, if Cristiano Ronaldo fits that plan, he'll start him. If he doesn't, he won't. Fernando Sanchez is a man who says what he thinks. Uh, he has never really beaten around the bush, although he is a manager who has always defended Cristiano Ronaldo. This was a big statement. Uh, and I think it was a statement that Fernando Sanchez also needed to make uh, at the start of the show. I think I mentioned uh, that this was a, a Portugal fan base who 
not only were a, a bit upset about Cristiano Ronaldo and his antics, this is not a Portuguese fan base that support Ronaldo through and through. They are very critical of this star player and have been very critical also of Fernand Sanch. I think Fernand Sanch needed a statement that he could evolve this team, that he could get the best out of these players. And if that includes not starting Cristiano Ronaldo again against Morocco, that will be done. I have no doubt about it. What do you think, Alex? I think, first of all, I think it shows incredible strength from the coach to, to take that call. As you say, we're, we're talking about Ronaldo. We're talking about one of the very biggest names in world football ever. And to take this decision in the knockout stages, knowing, by the way, knowing that if it backfired, now it didn't, of course. It's worked out spectacularly well for Portugal. But just imagine if it had backfired, the criticism that he would have faced for, for leaving out Ronaldo. As it is, it's gone brilliantly. And with this performance from, from Ramos, it's difficult to leave him out. I mean, how, how do you drop a player after they come in and, and then perform like that on their on their full debut? Like I say, if Ronaldo is, is willing to, to accept this, this this role, I think it could be a pretty, pretty much dream scenario for, for Portugal. And look, LME, if Ronaldo needed any extra motivation to succeed in this tournament, if it's your animosity towards him that's going to push him all the way to World Cup glory, oh, it, it, it works you know out for what? everybody. You know, he, he wins the World Cup you know, you get the the clicks. So it's, it's great. Everyone's a winner. I'm going to get Ronaldo super freak fans at my door. My poor wife is not going to know what to do. All right. I think I know Gabby's answer, but I'll ask you as well, Gabby, but we'll keep it quick because we've got a lot to discuss. But where are, you know, we're now in the quarterfinals. This is it now. Things are getting very serious now. Where are Portugal in terms of World Cup favorites, Alex? Very quick. Oof, I, I still I still think that the, the likely ceiling for them is being knocked out by someone like France in the in the semi-finals, but that doesn't have to be their ceiling. When you, you look at the squad, you look at the team, you look at the players they've got, the strength in depth that we've talked about, they have a chance to, to, to go all the way. Um, we've seen today that Morocco are no mugs, and that will not be an easy game for, uh, for them. But I think the most likely scenario is probably a, a, a semi-final elimination. Gabby? I think Portugal can go all the way and lift it up. I mean, um, of course you can. You, you have say, to go for it. You guys, you know, you say, uh, lose, you know, hit the wall and lose to France, who obviously we beat in the Euro 2016 once upon a time. I mean, this is a team I think that has no ceiling as long as Fernand Sanch continues to make the tactical decisions that he needs to make and continues to play bold, aggressive, attacking, dynamic, creative football. If he resorts back to his defensive, uh, pragmatic ways, it's not going to work. And I think Portuguese fans, this is finally what we've wanted to see. We're like, this is this is it. Let's continue along this path. Yeah, so um, I, I think yeah. the sky's the limit. Totally. I feel like Fernando Santos has like this crazy like twin brother that has actually replaced him. And now <laughs> this is exactly what we're seeing. We do as well. <laughs> All right. We have another question. Please. Alex. Um, Obviously, uh, based in Madrid, and we know uh, how some of these players, well, most of them obviously are, are based in La Liga and, and others, but Joao Felix, uh, yeah. you know, uh, was a major target, obviously, for Atletico Madrid. That's where he's been for a few years. I had the pleasure of talking to him last year. Such a composed young man. But uh, in terms of his future, it seems that things are not uh, looking too stable there at Atleti. So we have a fan question here. Joao Felix has to leave Atleti. Doesn't he, Alex? Uh, you know, thrives with Portugal, shell of himself with Atleti. What's going on? 
I think what we've seen today is quite a significant step. What we saw today was Atletico's chief executive, Miguel Angel Marin, who's out there in, in Qatar, admitting for the first time, uh, firstly, that the relationship between Diego Simeone and João Felix is not good. Secondly, that the club would be open to João Felix leaving. And thirdly, that João Felix himself, his idea is to leave. And I think it's really quite significant that uh, Hilmarin has come out and said that publicly. He said to Spain's national broadcaster, TVE. Um, it's not a surprise, because, but it's simply an, an admission out in the open, I guess, of something that we've all known for a while, which is that João Felix is an awkward fit for Atletico Madrid in terms of Simeone's style, in terms of Simeone's philosophy. They haven't always seen eye to eye. Simeone hasn't been able to find a way to get the best out of João Felix consistently. And yeah. so it's natural that, you know, I think it's three and a half years in now that he's been at Atletico Madrid, something like that. Maybe it's time to accept, look, this hasn't worked out. It was a massive deal. It was, it was a record deal for Atleti, 126 million euros they paid for him at the time for a teenager. Hasn't worked out. Maybe it's best for all parties to move on. Yeah. When I talked to him last year, he, he has this kind of personality, Gabby, that is, is very it kind of Philippe Coutinho, actually, sort of reserved, quiet, sensitive, but like hard worker. Just feel like the Atleti and him don't, don't, don't really fit that well. What, what do you think? No, and it hasn't been a good fit since the beginning. Like Alex said, this is nothing new. This is something that even when he first signed and he came from Benfica, there was a lot of question marks about why exactly Atletico Madrid were even after a profile of João Félix as someone who was so free, so creative. And today is what we saw kind of flashbacks of that, of, of who João Félix is as a player. And I also think we saw the birth of quite a dynamic partnership, him and Gonzalo Ramos really linking up quite well. Uh, I would like to see João Félix move on. I would love to see both of them move to Manchester United. No, Gabby, no, because I'm hearing the talk to Villa. I mean, there might be a connection, Alex, and a, and a Emery, Alex. Please say it so. Would be great. Would be great for you. And for the Villa fans, if uh, yes, Joao Felix headed to, to Villa Park. Oh, he's so talented. He's such a gifted player. He just needs the right environment, the right team, the right coach. Really needs to be the main man and kind of to, to build a team around him. Because this is a guy, I think, that could be the main man at a big team for, for a number of years. And it just hasn't happened. It's such a shame. Yeah, such a shame. But I think we're all in agreement. We all want to see him in the Premier League. I think that would be great to see Joao Felix. All right, let, let's do something fun very quickly, Gabby, because I'm hearing you with that great... Portuguese dialect. Teach everybody how to say these names. Let's go first with Please Joao. teach me. I, I, I need right. help. Oh my. Okay. Uh, first is Joao. Joao. How do you say it? <clears throat> Joao Felix. Joao Felix. Okay, good. All right. Number two. I thought, you know, obviously Peruvian and Alex, of course, speaking Spanish in Madrid. Uh, I, I was just saying Gonzalo Ramos, but it's not that. What is it? Gonzalo Ramos. Oh, it's a huh. Okay. Gonzalo Ramos. You try it, Alex. Hamos? I'm, I'm saying like ham. Gonzalo like, Hamos. Rodriguez. Like, from you. Hamos. I'll go away and practice. I'll come back for another show and we'll see if I've made any. Uh, All right. Yeah, we're going to have to do a progress report okay. before uh, now, Portugal play in the final. Now, the manager, Fernando. Fernando Santos. Santos. Okay. Santush. So it's that classic Portuguese S, only at the end. I love it. I love it. Gonzalo Ham. <laughs> Fernando Santos. Gonzalo Hamos. <laughs> you could you're, be here you're Portuguese. Day. You're Portuguese. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's move on. Let's have another question here from 
the fans. Gabby, I'll go to you first, and then Alex, you jump in. Um, other standout Portugal players, apart from, uh, you know, uh, Hamosh and Felix, uh, huge to have a leader like Pepe back here. Let's talk about Pepe for a second. Uh, I know, Alex, you have some good uh, stuff about him, but Gabby, Pepe, Pepe. I mean, he continues to shine, Pepe, at the back. He does. He ages like fine wine. I love that bald man. He's that classic player that you see when he's on your team and you absolutely hate to play against him. Uh, this is someone who is so, so important for Portugal, has been uh, since the very beginning. And he's also a player who receives quite a bit of heat from Portuguese fans for even starting. Many people very upset with Fernand Sanch for going uh, with Pepe instead of the youngster who also plays for Benfica, Antonio Santos, who's also a, a very wonder kid of sorts. You're going to see him on the, the big stage uh, in years to come. But a lot of people not happy with that decision to start Pepe. Well, he does it again, scores a header in the knockout round like he did against Uruguay back in 2018. Uh, and yeah, I mean, what else is there to say about Pepe? He's Nothing, Gabby. Nothing. He's amazing. Alex, we're going to get you to talk about Pepe in a second, but we're going to bring on now some more friends to the show. Alexis Nunes is in the house. Oh, is that Shaka Hislop? That's Shaka. <laughs> Shaka. What are you? What? You went to Connecticut a minute nowhere. Ago. I'm just showing up on your feed, I mean. Shaka has come. I look horrible because I just cooked. I had to cook, you know, curry shrimp for Shaka, give him a proper West Indian welcome to Doha. But Shaka's here and I actually gave him my ticket. You can see my suitcase there in the background. I gave him my <laughs> ticket to go to that unreal match. I know we're talking about Portugal, but that unreal match between Morocco mm. and Espana. Remember I had Espana going to the final? Morocco, though, I'm, I'm joining that party now, so I'm going to throw it over to Shaka because... He was there. I and, love it. And, and what a game it was. Listen, I, I thought Morocco had the better of the exchanges. And, and you saw that. But uh, or Spain had the better of the exchanges, excuse me. And, and you saw that. But I, I'm not sure if this came across on, 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 on the pictures. But that crowd was so partisan, so behind Morocco. Very loud, especially during, during the penalty shootout. And then no real surprises did Morocco go through just because of the atmosphere within the stadium. It really was a very special game. As we go walking out, Moroccan fans in tears of joy. It was, it was a, a great day for, for, um, for, 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 for African and for Arab football. I love it. I love it. Listen, you know, we're all here having a little party here. And Gabby, Alex, after I ask this one, feel free to ask. Shaka question. And by the way, K. Marian, yours truly predicted Morocco to go through. So, you know, ching ching right here. But Shaka, mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Spain, I mean, wow. Is this the end for Luis Enrique, do you think? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I'm, I'm not sure. And, and in Luis Enrique's defense, he didn't have an out-and-out number nine. You know, you can question some of the selections, or more to the point, some of the omissions, no IRS pass. Um, but be, be, between be, between uh, Asensio and, and Morata, never really that goal-scoring threat. And you saw that because Spain, uh, again, had the better of the, of, of the football today. Um, but it... it it, it lacked it lacked a little imagination, if I, if I were to be honest. Everything for, for Spain was going down the wings, particularly the, the right-hand side. And then when Williams came on, um, he just tried to use his pace. And not there was no real spark, no real creativity coming through central areas uh, for Spain. And, and Morocco just kind of held their own, defended as well as they could, hoped they got something on the counter-attack. Um, and, and see this one out once it got to, to penalties, as, as, as I say. And, and it felt that, that Morocco were, were playing for penalties for 50, for half an hour, you know, still to go in the, in the 90. Um, but once it once it got that way, I, again, I, it was so loud inside of that stadium whenever any of the, the Spanish players stepped up to take a penalty kick. No real surprise to see so many of them fluff their lines as, as, as they did. But that maybe isn't giving enough credit to, to the Moroccan goalkeeper, who I thought made outstanding saves. The, the the one from Sergio Busquets in particular, I thought was just outstanding goalkeeper. Shaka, question for you. I mean, we all lived that Ashraf Hakimi PK, I, the, the bleep to have in order <laughs> to score that PK like that. How was it to live that moment in the stadium? Did it, it just it, it, erupt? It, the, the whole place erupted, and you could feel the stadium shaking. I, I don't think you can you can give um, you can give enough credit to the atmosphere that that was generated within the Education City. As I mentioned, Morocco being the last Arab team left in the tournament, it felt like everybody in the region wanted to wanted Morocco to to go through, wanted Morocco to continue to to represent them. There was a small group of, of Spanish fans to the back of the goal where the penalty kicks uh, were, were being taken. But outside of that, the rest of the stadium was firmly behind Morocco. Um, had had the toss gone or had the, the had the toss gone the other way and the penalties be taken at the other end of, of the pitch, um, it, it, I'm, I'm tempted to say it could be worse, but I'm not sure how it could be worse for Spain. But at least Spain got it in front of their, their, their own fans. And even so, just the kind of overwhelming emotion and support from the rest of the stadium was, was telling for, for, for Morocco. Yeah, you could definitely feel that in the stadium. And, you know, after the game, I was just tweeting out, everybody, like all these videos from the Moroccan diaspora, from Astoria, Queens, to Etchware Road in London, to Rabat, everybody was celebrating. And the Hakimi story is amazing. You know, yeah. his parents emigrated to Spain, wanted to give their children a better life. His mother, a house cleaner, his father, a street vendor. He was born in Madrid. So the fact that he sent Spain back home and Morocco makes it through, I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible story. Alex, I don't know if you have a question for Shaka before we say goodbye, because I'm very jealous that you're eating some good West Indian food over there. <laughs> Listen, I'd love to hear what Shaka thinks about why Spain's record at World Cups since they won it in 2010 is so consistently bad. They've only won three games at World Cup tournaments in 2014, yeah. 2018, 2022. It's, it's a really terrible record, and I, I want to know what, why you think that is. It's hard to identify, Alex. And in all honesty, before they won it in 2010, 
Spain became known as, as yeah. the best almost team in, in, in world football. Um, continue to, to produce incredible players, but it never seems to translate into, into results at, at the highest stage outside of, of, of 2010, as you mentioned. And again, but if, if you look at the performance today, and coming into this tournament, as I mentioned, there were question marks around who would be who would lead Spain's front line. But you have players like Pedri, like Gavi. Um, you can call Anansu Fati off the bench, just in terms of creativity. And, and I just thought that that threat through the middle, that creative spot that you were looking for and hoping for, just just wasn't there. And in the end, Spain's attack was was pretty predictable. You knew what they were going to do, and it's just a matter of getting yourself in position and not not trying to 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 do anything um, that will that will, will catch you up. Just let them play their game and wait for them to come to you. And I thought that that's what that's what Morocco did. At the same time, though, as, as much as we can be critical of, of Spain's exit, penalty kicks are football's version of Russian roulette, as we always say. Um, and, and this time, again, just because of, of, of how partisan the crowd, crowd were, uh, Morocco had, had a little bit of an advantage, or a lot of, of an advantage in, in that regard. And, and, and so, so, so they got the better. But, but just, just quickly, Ella, because just it, the thing I love most about World Cups is the stories. The stories around teams, around players. You, you, you mentioned Hakimi and, and his story. And there are so many of those that, that echo that same kind of sentiment if you look for them. As we, were, as we were walking out of the stadium today, there were groups of Moroccan fans broken down in tears, just tears of joy. And, and it, it really resonated with me. So often we talk about and we focus on the winners and who will go, who go deep in the tournament, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we don't give credit to some of those stories, some of those emotions that only the World Cup can invoke. Well said, my friend, well said. Um, before we say goodbye to you and Alexis, I want Alexis back in here, because I want to know what's- She's what's up rest, somewhere, who knows what's where Alexis is. What's the for Alexis Nunes? I want to know. He's gone. Oh my goodness. Terrorizing somebody else. Just count hey, yourself lucky, LME. Ridiculous, Shaka. Hello, yeah, Shaka. I'm so glad that you're there. You made it safe. Uh, we miss you over here. Let's hope to see you more on Alexis. But thank you so much for being on. Have a fantastic rest of your night. Enjoy the West Indian food. Sure, well, take care, guys. Talk to you all soon. All right, that was Shaka Hislop and Alexis. It's not fair, everybody. Every time I turn, somebody's flying somewhere. I'm stuck in my New York City apartment. What's going on? Ridiculous. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. Let's uh, quickly just wrap it up about the quarterfinals. What, what are the storylines that you're looking out for uh, in, in this? Let's just remind everybody, by the way, that it begins on Friday once again. So on Friday, you'll have Argentina, Netherlands, of course. What a tremendous matchup that one will be. And then you'll have, what's the other, what's the one before it, producers? I keep forgetting that one. Is that, uh, let me see here. All right, we have Croatia, Brazil starts it off, actually. That's the early kickoff on Friday with Netherlands, Argentina. And then the following day, Morocco, Portugal, England, France. My goodness. Gabby, what are you looking for? Portugal aside, any other storylines are you looking for here? Portugal aside, I am uh, buzzing for England versus France, actually. I really like this England team. I think they're young. I think they're exciting. Jude Bellingham. I mean, how can you not 
support him. It's just been such an exciting uh, tournament for uh, this English team. Is it coming home? That big question mark. Uh, and obviously that too, Portugal will take on uh, when they do make their way past Morocco. So my eyes will be locked and loaded there. I love it. I love it. Alex, what are you looking for? I mean, look, let's be honest. We all want to see, with, with apologies <laughs> to their opponents, we all want to see an Argentina-Brazil semi-final, don't we? Don't we? Damn it's, right. We need it. The world needs it. We need it. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's what I want to see on that side of the draw, at least. On the other side, of course, now my heart goes with, with England. And look, underdogs Morocco, you know, what, what, what can they do? This is one of the biggest results in their, in their history knocking out Spain, maybe that will be the highlight of their tournament or, or maybe there's just a little bit more to come. All right. I'm not going to lie, LME. I thought yeah. Alex was going to say, we all want to see Argentina-Portugal final. Well, so anything said, I, I, I could have sworn that that was coming. So I was reading, pleasantly surprised. Sorry to, oh, okay. Gabby, no, you're, no, reading pleasantly surprised. Fans, uh, you're reading our fans' questions because that's exactly what we're finishing with. Is it too soon? to start dreaming of a Messi, Ronaldo, although if he starts, right, final at the World Cup. What do you think, Gabby? Is it too soon to start thinking about it? Do you th I mean, surely the biggest sporting event in history if this happens. No, that's the talking point. If Portugal do book their ticket to the final, does Ronaldo even start? Oh, my God. The drama is honestly too much for me to eat cancel. <laughs> one match at a time, Gabby. You see, Portuguese fans get one solid 6-1 win, and now we're dreaming of finals. But um, do I think that it can happen? Absolutely. Do I think that Fernand Sanchez will have a mega decision to make if that crossroads does occur? Thank God he's making the big bucks, and I'm over here just I watching. Mean, he does have his twin, uh, his twin brother who will probably make yes. that decision. Alex, what do you think? Too big for a Messi-Ronaldo final? Could, could we maybe see that? I mean, it would be remarkable, wouldn't it? Even if it, even if it was Ronaldo off the bench to have an impact in, in, in that kind of final, it would, be, it would be really special. I mean, we don't want to reduce it to, to just two players. When it's, it's a World Cup and it's about countries and it's about a lot more than that, but... It would be very, very special. Like I say, I'm excited about Argentina-Brazil in the semis, maybe, but as a possible final, that wouldn't be too bad at all. Absolutely. It would be fantastic. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We continue to roll on on ESPN FC Daily. We'll be back on Friday when the quarterfinals begin. This is when really the serious stuff gets going. Alex Kirkland, thank you so much. Gabby Amado, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Make sure to follow us, ESPN FC Daily. We will see you on Friday for the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Till then.